www.blogtalkradio.com. Log Talk Radio. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost. And it's as little as $10 a month. Hey, uh, we have a, uh, a special guest co-host with us tonight, uh, a good friend of mine. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he is also now a member of uh, the, well, I don't know, maybe the Ten Timers Club. Uh, by the time uh, our career together is done, it'll probably be like the Twenty Five Timers Club. But I do believe Scott Hand is uh, with us right now. Are you there, sir? I am. I'm here with you. All right. How's things going, my man? They are going. They're going well. I'll have a lot to tell you in the coming weeks. All good news, I think. All right. All right. And uh, let's kind of catch everybody up on uh, who you are. I believe you're you're, you're some kind of you're you're involved in some kind of movies or something, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to have you in one of my next pictures. And I do believe that's the black tent, correct? That is correct, yes. And I do believe I played the barker. Yes, you do. All right. And I I am really looking forward to this. And uh, we're going to have you on as a co-host now, as as long as you can stand me, uh, for the foreseeable future. Because I have, you know, it's better with three people. It's good with four. It's better with three uh, two people can get it done, but people don't want to just have me a- ask questions all this time. So uh, I need to have at least a, a buddy here with me to do this, and you are going to be that buddy for the foreseeable future. And as we as we progress with this throughout the next months, weeks, whatever it is, we'll be talking more about the black tents, talking more about how you and I got to know each other, how uh, I begged and pleaded to uh, get a get a job, which I seem to do every <laughs> episode that I have somebody famous on, such as yourself. And if I recall, the interesting thing about the show that you were on, I I was selling, selling, and selling. By the time I was done, I think you guys were so sick of me selling. You're like, just give the, just, let's just get them in so we can shut them up. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think it was good. Of course, you know, you bribing everybody with money orders was also helped. <laughs> right. And I do believe well, we have somebody else here with us. So let me see if we can bring him on. Is he mic'd up? Is that you? It is my. It is me. I think I am on mic two. All right. Mike yeah. yeah, mic Mike three. three. Yeah, can, can you be with us on the whole show tonight? Uh, for a while. All right. A uh, couple things I wanted to mention. Sure. Uh, obviously, you're not, uh, you're not firing us, are you? 
You what? You're not firing us, are you? Oh, no. Oh, good. Okay. All right. No, we need you around. <laughs> um, the, uh, obviously, it's a Halloween uh, month. Yep. And uh, October is the big uh, Halloween thing. And uh, every year, uh, we put on uh, a, uh, a program for fundraising. And it's a fundraising event for the radio station. When is that? Okay. The big event is going to be October 28th. And it's going to be at Rick's Bar here in Fargo. And uh, the band that we have going to play for us is uh, Back for More. And uh, their front man, John Jano, has played live on station here numerous times. And he's going to be with the band. And uh, they're going to take stage, I think, at about 9.30. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, too. Am I invited to this thing? You most certainly are. All right. Um, it's uh, not going to be a Monday, so uh, there's not going to be any problems. Uh, uh, I hope getting you over there. Well, no. Uh, uh, the only only thing, the only issue would be uh, the Bison game, but they play at one o'clock, so oh. I should be fine. Yeah, the uh, uh, Backmore takes stage at nine thirty, and uh, there's other things going on. Um, if you've noticed on our Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com slash KenzFM891, and then you'll get to our uh, Facebook page. There's also going to be a silent auction. All right. Now, this is from some stuff that was uh, donated to the station uh, over a year ago, I think, and uh, we've been slowly uh, uh, selling and auctioning it off uh, to raise money for the station. Obviously, uh, a nonprofit, uh, non-commercial station can't sell commercials. So what we've got to do is try to raise money to pay for our bills in other ways. And of course, that includes uh, anything, um, including like auctions, uh, sponsorships, memberships, and of course, donations are welcome as well. But this auction is going to, uh, we're going to have the stuff there. Uh, I'm hoping like 3 o'clock in the afternoon or so. Do you, know many, do you know how many items you're planning? What's that? Do you know how many items you're planning? Uh, they're all up on the website. Okay. Uh, if, you got a, if you're, uh got a free computer there, um, you go up to uh, Facebook, kensfm.com. All right. And then you should see one of the posts uh, is uh, of the uh, uh, equipment. What's neat is the guy that we got the stuff from, the estate that we got it from, was a musician. He was a blues musician. And he had a Fender Blues Junior rare guitar amplifier. Wow. And this amplifier, wow. in perfect, beautiful shape, has the tweed uh, uh, covering on it, not the standard uh, black Fender's you know, covering, and uh, it's in beautiful shape, and it's going to be for sale. And uh, if you uh, have an interest in this amplifier, I would say get there early. Get there as soon as uh, uh, we get things posted there um, so that you can start bidding on it. And then the bidding will end at 9.30 when uh, Back for More take the stage. And what we'll do is uh, we'll... Uh, Divvy, divvy all, all of the uh, equipment out 
um, at that time. The other, there are other amplifiers up there as well, and uh, other Fender amplifiers. There's even a, a practice amp, I think. Uh, I don't know what we'll get for that. But uh, if you're in a small apartment or whatever and don't want to annoy your neighbors but still need to practice your guitar, there's your amplifier. And I think uh, Adam has those right now, uh, and he's going to uh, bring them over to uh, uh, Rick's Bar that uh, Saturday night. It's uh, October 28th, so put that on your calendar. And uh, at 9.30, we will do the auction. Uh, you have a chance to bid on them all afternoon, I believe, all the way up until 9.30. Now, how can they pay? Can they can they write you a check? Does that have to be cash? Do you use a credit card? PayPal, or um, you can, uh, uh, I believe that we will have a cash register there, and they can pay cash for it, depending upon how much. Uh, a lot of people don't carry a lot of cash with them. Uh, so you could use PayPal, uh, you could use a credit or debit card, and um, I think uh, I don't know if they accept checks or not, but I would be like to I would like to say that uh, we are willing to uh, trust people and uh, accept a check for payment on uh, whatever they bid on. But uh, there's, I believe, six guitar amplifiers. You got the page up there at all? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at it. Uh, let's see. There's a Bose uh, acoustic subwoofer, two bookshelf Sony SSB100 speakers, three-way bookshelf speakers with 10-inch woofers. Um, there's a Fender Blues Junior, like you said, a tweeter, a one Fender Ultimate Chrome DSP, I have no idea what this stuff means. <laughs> portable, uh, a portable sound system, two Fender principal uh, uh, choruses, a Black Star ID uh, semicolon 30 TVP, and a battery-powered amp. Now, uh, what? <laughs> battery-powered amp. I think that's the one that's the uh, practice amp. And uh, I think it's. It, it, does it look like the little guy? Yeah. On the right side. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. And, and uh, uh, well, there's a member in our chat room asking right now, how many radios will you be auctioning off that are firmly locked at 89.1 Ken yeah. FM? <laughs> Don't have any of those yet. Okay, well, and, we'll start uh, making them. <laughs> we do have one uh, tuner, the Sony uh, um, STR645. Yep, yep. That is a 100-watt per channel tuner. It also has surround sound output and uh, subwoofer output, so it's it's quite a, a unit. It works beautifully, and yes, it picks up 89.1 with the proper antenna. So they can, so they can hear this show on Monday nights. So you can buy a special radio just to hear this show. And uh, I I know that Scott Hand is still listening, and uh, we are going to get the show here soon, Scott. But uh, is there any of these items that sound interesting that you like to put on your movie set? Oh, geez, I'd have to thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I put you on the spot, I know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, have to, I don't even have the link to the website, so I was listening to you guys. I can't even see any of that stuff. Well, if you go to kensfm.com, you'll see all the good stuff. The um, uh, the stereo equipment is from the same uh, uh, donation from the same estate. So uh, the guitar amps and stereo equipment is all from the same uh, 
place, and it's all uh, donated to us to raise money for our station. Obviously, uh, it costs quite a bit to run a 100,000-watt radio transmitter, and uh, we come up with that bill every month. It's mailed to us, and obviously, if we don't pay it, of course, uh, they'll shut us off, and we don't have a transmitter, and we don't have a radio station. That's so, you cannot listen to this show again. So donate, please. Yes, we've got to get people in the mood to uh, uh, check their finances and find out how much they can support 89.1 Ken's FM, and it would be greatly appreciated. It'll keep the station on the air. It'll keep it servicing and serving the local music community, all of the uh, uh, bands that you hear uh, throughout the day that have played live on this radio station. It's because we offer that service. It's a free service. We don't charge anything for it. It's completely free. The bands come down, they play live, we record them, and then we give them a copy of the recording to do with whatever they please. If they want to put it into a CD and sell it, that's fine. Uh, if they want to just listen to it and say, boy, that sounded like crap, I think we better practice. Well, uh, yes, they could do that too. But the bottom line is it's a freebie for all of the uh, local artists and musicians in the area, Fargo-Moorhead, uh, and we go outside of that, obviously. Right. Um, but uh, uh, we are um, uh, doing this free of charge as a service to the community because Fargo-Moorhead has a lot to offer. There are some very talented musicians, very talented artists, songwriters, everybody put together here in this community, and I wanted to give them an open venue to be able to place their, play their product for their peers, and Ken's FM is the one. So keep it in the back of your mind. For those of you listening, you can go to Ken's FM right now. You can do it right now. Go to Ken's FM at the very top on the front page. There's a little donate icon, and all you got to do is click on that, and it takes you through all the steps. You can uh, you can become a member. You can make a donation, and uh, if you uh, go to the right side of the website, uh, there's some stuff you can buy, some merch. And yes, we still have clocks. Um, Icon, I was upstairs checking inventory, uh -huh. and I think we've got about five left. All right. So if you want, you could push those. And get them sold. <laughs> I will definitely do that. And also, uh, 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 we have Scott Hand. I'm sure you remember Scott. Uh, we want yep. you. To, we want you to stick around. Our first guest is ready. We got to take a quick little commercial break. Uh, uh, if you want to stick around here, uh, we'll we'll have you talk about that a little more. But uh, we're gonna take a quick uh, time out here. We'll be back after these messages with our first guest, Scott Hand, and more of our station owners. So stick with us. We'll be right back after these messages. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. 
ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is what you would call the cover of the Rolling Stone. Just look at her last name. She is Jennifer Stone. She is beautiful. She is awesome. And she's with us right now, Jennifer Stone. Hi, this is Jennifer Stone, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Kins FM, which hosts the icon, Ted Singh, and also the modern nightmare, Matthias, and the Big Swing. Well, how are you, Jennifer? Good to have you with us. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Good. I want to introduce you to uh, my co-host. We have uh, Mr. Ken. Uh, He's on my left, and we have Scott Hand on my right. Uh, Here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to ask a few uh, questions, and then we'll have my co-host ask a few questions, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. So first off, though, we need you to give us a little background about yourself. Um, Well, uh, I do independent horror films. I do uh, directing, producing, and acting and modeling. Um, I've done a little uh, outside of the horror genre, but mostly just horror. All right. And uh, one thing that I I do know about you, which I think is really cool, is it true that you you used to like to uh, reenact uh, skits from Saturday Night Live? Is that true? I did. So growing up, that was me and my cousin's favorite thing to do. We'd reenact, like, uh, and then make our own, like, kind of Saturday Night Live skits and, like, dress up and perform for our family. Um, So that's kind of, like, where I started in entertaining. Of course, you know, I used to do that, too. I used to do The Man Down by the River by Chris Farley, if you remember that one. Yes. uh, Jennifer Stone's our guest here. We got uh, 30 minutes here with Jennifer. So we're going to talk to you about uh, a few of your the upcoming projects that you got going on, and uh, a few of the things you've done in the past. And I'll have my uh, co-host ask you a few questions. But first off, uh, it looks like, and uh, we get most of our information here from imbd.com. So it looks like you have eight projects in the works. Is that correct? Um, I that they're currently in. Uh, pre- uh, Production, I, I just have three that I know of, but um, finished products with uh, products coming up, yeah, that sounds about right. And we, uh, uh, well, we'll do a little rundown. we got Dangerous Decision, Neon Fear, Wicked Season, A Scorched Earth, Crave, Roots of Evil, A Hard Place, Chick Chick Boom, and Passages of Nexus. Oh, God, yeah, I guess those are all. Yes, I do have eight projects in the world. <laughs> and it looks like uh, uh, they're all listed in, uh, a couple are listed in production, some are in pre-production, and some are listed in post-production. So I guess my yeah. question is, how do you keep all that straight? Uh, well, apparently I don't because I seem like eight was a lot that I still had in production. Uh, so I was like, oh, I think I have like four. Um, but no, you just keep on going and you, I mean, there's just never a day off. So is that why I never got the phone call to be your co-star in one of these? Cause you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You'll, you'll have to reach, reach back out. Uh, well, I, I, I have your phone number, which is a dangerous thing. Just ask anybody that's given it to me. Uh, we have a guest host, I guess, here on 89.1 Kids FM. First, I'm going to introduce you to uh, my first co-host. His name is uh, Scott Hand, and he's also into the movie production business. Uh, Scott, what do you got for a guest? Go ahead. Hi, Jennifer. I'm, uh, well, I'm an independent writer, producer, director, and sometimes actor. 
Um, I've already got my first feature film in post-production, and I've um, got my second feature film in pre-production, and the icon is on board along with many others. Uh, how long have you been, been uh, working in film itself? Uh, about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh. And you mostly do horror? Yeah, I mostly do horror. I've done uh, drama and I've done a few little, sh- uh, you know, short films, but mostly it's it's all horror based, like either psychological thriller or you know, um, slasher type. Different. The the it's all horror, but it kind of changes as to what type it is. So, have you always been like a horror fan, like your whole life? Do you think? Yes, that was like the big thing growing up. Um, like every Friday, that's what me and my mom would do, like from a really young age, probably way before I should even have been watching any of it. But, you know, we'd go and she'd like make some cheese dip and we'd watch, we'd pick out like three or four horror movies and that's what we do. Yeah, so when I was a kid, I was afraid of the horror movies, but then, you know, all my friends were really into it, you know, some of my best friends, and it was like always one of those things where, when I'd hang out with them, they'd be like, you know, I just saw this great movie and I want to show it to you. And, you know, sometimes it was like a movie like Creep Show, you know, and then, you <laughs> like, know, other times it was movies like the original Salem's Lot, you know, mm-hmm. and those kind of movies, especially Salem's Lot. I don't know if you ever saw that one, the one from 1979. Yes. Yeah, yes, that's, I've uh, that, that, that one will stay with you for a long time <laughs> if you see it. You know, so yeah. and I, I kind of can relate to it. I mean, that's I, I always looked at with the horror movies, you know, if I saw one that was really, you know, scary and got to me, I'd remember it for, you know, all these years later, I'd still remember it, like Salem's Lot and Count Yorga. So, you know, I, I just didn't really feel like in the later years we were seeing a lot of really good horror movies like that. So I, I kind of really felt that I wanted to write my horror movies like those, like to try to make them – you know, try my best to make them scary again, you know, as opposed to being like, you know, overly romantic and, you know, you know, uh, sympathetic and all that. Try to keep things more in the dark, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, well, in the, the 80s horror, you know, they have, like, the better effects, too. So it's not as, you know, as um, it's the practical effects. So that's what I really like, and that's what we try to, you know, do in our films, too. Um, so the 80s style horror is definitely going to have more scare, more jump scares. They have, like, the cheesy one-liners and stuff, but I think that's, like, adds to it. That's my type of of love for horror films. So, kind of sounds like this show, what, cheesy one-liners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen Stones, our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM. Now, uh, I want to introduce you to our station owner. His name is Ken, and we love Ken because he's the probably the greatest engineer in the history of the state of North Dakota. Uh, you can pay me for that later, Ken. But uh, what do you have for our guests? Go ahead. Well, thanks for joining us, and I uh, appreciate you uh, coming on the air with us here uh, this evening, and it's a great pleasure to have you. Um, my background is not really big into horror films and uh, horror flicks and uh, uh I don't know where that came from. Well, you do like Strange Things, though. Uh, Stranger Things is more sci-fi. Oh, okay. So maybe maybe that's where uh, the maybe that's where the line can be drawn as far as uh, you know guts and uh, blood and uh, all of that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, that's part of horror. I understand that. Um, there were some of them that I did watch that did captivate me more so because of the storyline. 
and uh, one of them was uh, the Omen, and I remember that from way back, and mm-hmm. it seemed to seemed to captivate me more because of what was going on with the characters than just the uh, blood and guts scare you, make you jump out of your seat stuff, you know. Um, I don't know what uh, uh, what constitutes a good film, good horror film, or, you know, one that would appeal to me or not. But I think what uh, where I'm going with this is that uh, uh, you have to kind of draw from different uh, uh, perspectives, different uh, genre to put together a horror film. And what what I, what really I wanted to ask was, you know, how much of a balance do you like in a horror film? Do you like a lot of storyline, a lot of character development, or do you want to get the blood and guts and get it going, you know? Um, no, me personally, I do like the storyline. It's a, it's a lot about the story, um, but the blood and guts are what the horror fans love. Um, so... Okay. You know, it it is a balance, but for, for well, me, I, with a I have to right. have be able to store a storyline. It's just it's not all about blood and guts for me, but it's definitely you know in the movies that I make because people love it, um, and especially our the last one. So I just had a, a movie premiere uh, a couple weeks ago for my movie Doctor Gift. It's like a supernatural slasher movie, kind of like Friday the Thirteenth meets Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, type movie and um, with our own like new uh, slasher guy that we know we're really hoping kind of takes off and his name's Dr. Gift and um, the storyline's really cool um, and this should be coming out like we're we're working on getting this out so that uh, it'll be like you know on VOD and stuff like our other films so hopefully you'll be able to see it soon but I think you'll really like that story um the one we one of one of the ones that are streaming right now on TV is uh, Strix, and it's kind of like a witch uh, witchcraft type movie. So if you like the Omen, I think you probably like Strix, and you can check that out on TV. And uh, she and you guys, she does look good in the bathtub as well. <laughs> I yeah, so you know, I do do a blood bath in that uh, a literal blood blood bath. In that, so wow. So how how did you how 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 did you curtail that? Uh, I'm, you know, trying to do a visual here of uh, you uh, in blood in a bathtub. This, and, well, picture oh, this again. One of those old antique white tubs yep. with her in a uh, in a black top, uh, and, and the water is not water; it's blood. Picture that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's on the po- it's on the poster, actually. Oh, the, okay. The movie. I'll have to yeah, I'll, yeah. Have to, I'll have to take a look at it. Watch for it. That's interesting. Um, who is your favorite? Uh, I, I can't. I don't want to say character actor, but uh, horror film uh, character actor that uh, uh, you know can draw you directly into the story and just you know draw you into the screen. Um, the one that always got me was uh, Jack Nicholson. Oh, The Shining, oh, yeah. right? Yes, yeah, the shining. Oh, and he could he could he could draw you into that real. Uh, uh, of course, he was a very versatile actor. Uh, One flew over the cuckoo's nest. That was another great show of his. Uh, 
And in my opinion, he was the best Joker. Yes. Mine as well. Batman, in the Batman series. I, I did not like Joaquin Phoenix's joke, and I cannot... Uh, now, I know that uh, you can send your hate tweets to me right now. I understand you will. But Joaquin Phoenix was not Joker, and that movie did not deserve I, a sequel. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely... I wasn't a big fan of that movie. Um, I didn't really like the Joker remake, but speaking of Batman and um, horror actors that really draw you in... American Psycho, obviously Christian Bell, who also played oh, yeah. Batman. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Bell is yep, an amazing actor. He just nails mm-hmm. it. That's awesome. And, you know, there's a couple movies, uh, there's a couple horror films that deserve sequels, like, for instance, uh, Blood uh, Sombrerie, uh, which is uh, starring you. And you, I'll tell you what, I'm not just saying this because you're on the show, but you look awesome dressed in a bee costume. I love that movie. So that's the one that is, uh, well, it's kind of a continuation. So we did Blood Sombrero, and that was actually distributed uh, nationwide through Walmart and everywhere. Um, And that, this is like a continuation. It's called Chick Chick Boom, and it kind of spins off on my character from Blood Sombrero. So in my my uh, B costume got a little vamped up for Chick Chick Boom, uh, a little sexier than the previous one that was in Blood Sombrero. And uh, this film, it's just so fun. It's, like, action-packed. That's why I say it's, like, I do horror films, but uh, it's, it's horror-ish, but there is other stuff in there. Like, it's more of, like, an action type, action action horror. And there's just, it's a lot to the story. It's fun. I mean, the, some of the characters have, you know, imaginary friends, pretty much that you know follow them around, and it's just it's it's just a really fun film. Uh, Jennifer Sons, I guess, turned eighty nine point one ten seven. We got about that fifteen minutes here with Jennifer. Now, one thing, guys, about uh, this one picture of her in Bloodsome Burrow, she looks just like Shania Twain, but with a with a with a heavy artillery machine gun. Ooh. <laughs> oh, is that my floating? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, well, actually, yeah. okay. She looks like a cross between Shania Twain and Marissa Tormey. Okay, I don't know who Marissa Tormey is off the top of my head. <laughs> well, I will, I will, I will show you. Shania Twain was enough. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it, we, we, you know, and, and you're probably thinking, well, geez, would he just stop? And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to stop because you, you are beautiful. We all know this. And, uh, you know, uh, you guys, she is from, uh, she is, she was born in uh, Dallas, Texas. And uh, she was born on uh, January, uh, June 8th of 1984. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But uh, she was born in uh, Dallas, Texas. And uh, I just got to ask, because I'm going to take a little dig, because our, our co-host, uh, uh, Big Swing, is a big Dallas Cowboys fan. How did you feel about that bloodletting uh, from uh, the 49ers over Dallas uh, last night? Me? Okay, so yeah. I'm going to tell you something say about sports. They're all, it's all called sports ball to me. Just because I'm in a Dallas Cowboy outfit or some sort of sports gear, I know nothing about it unless we're talking UFC or something like that. I literally don't, I don't know anything. I call it all sports ball. Okay, all right. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> that almost sounds exactly like the way I feel about uh, sports in general. 
Well, you know, yeah, you and I are together, I think. <laughs> well, I can't, you guys admit, I think all the sports books you get it because of me. Well, no kidding. I mean, uh, Icon is like Mr. Sports. I mean, he's the only one I know of that has a uh, a man cave dedicated to sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, after and uh, Scott uh, Hand, you can uh, help me out with this. Uh, then after uh, the black tent comes out, I'm gonna I can have a man cave dedicated to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you got a couple movies, right? I'm just one of them. I think you have. Do you have another one as well? Yeah, uh, I'm actually uh, involved in Friday the Thirteenth Blood Loss, Blood and uh, yeah. there's another movie I'm supposed to be involved in, but uh, 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 but it's kind of on hiatus at the moment, so I really can't talk about it. However, uh, now I was going to ask you, Scott. You know, as a director and hearing uh, you know Jennifer's voice and seeing how beautiful she is, would not she be great in one of your films? She could bring us a million bucks just by her smile. Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Jim, let me ask you, if someone wanted to hire you, uh, like, for instance, Scott Hand wanted to hire you, and then you found out that I was going to be your co- uh, co-star, what would that take to uh, uh, finesse you to do that? Well, um, you'd have to email me a script, and I'd have to read it, and then I'd have to know what kind of budget you're working with, so I'd know if you're going to actually be able to bring your script to fruition and then we'd go from there and then I'd see like so, in a movie with you, so finding it that she'd be in a movie with me doesn't just do it no I'll tell you what my ego just got a big black and blue mark after that <laughs> <laughs> welcome to reality icon well yeah you know I'll tell you what I uh, I can't, you know, it takes a long time for me to get to reality. You know that. Uh, Jennifer Stone's our guest here. We've got about uh, 11 minutes here before uh, our next guest calls in. So, uh, uh, Jennifer, what uh, what project uh, uh, are you working on right now that you really want uh, to uh, discuss or talk about that you really uh, are really into right now? Um, well, uh, we, we, I do have two movies streaming on Tubi right now. So we, we, I do have the Strix, which is the witchcraft type movie, and then uh, Midnight Devils, which um, also is starring Michael Berryman, um, who he was actually in uh, One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson, and he'll wasn't have eyes. He, and all uh, wasn't he also in uh, uh, Weird Science? Yes, Weird Science. Uh-huh. So, uh, so, what would yeah. we have to do? Have you, what would we have to do? Have you hook us up with him? Uh, contact his agent. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> uh, you, you, as, as you, see, here's what I like about Jennifer. She's the first guest that's actually making me earn this stuff. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you, uh, now uh, this may be a diss on myself, and Ken, you probably will agree. Uh, but uh, Jen, if you ask if you ask Scott, um, he's he's one of the few guys that said, "I'll tell you what, if you just stop begging, I'll put you in the movie." Uh, Jen, you're making me uh, you're making me uh, earn this. What if I promise <laughs> to stop calling you at two in the morning? Would that help? <laughs> oh no, my phone's on silent. You won't get through. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, hey, see, I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. I've gotten to uh, I've gotten to know Jennifer's voicemail a lot lately. And uh, <laughs> are you like Jennifer? Are you like my relatives? Uh, you have my name uh, uh, on your call ID as "Do not answer this." <laughs> I don't answer phone calls. My friends even know. So if you actually have called me, I didn't even realize it. I just I literally write at this moment have 192 missed calls. And, and uh, I hate to admit that 190 of them are from me. I think that uh, that alone should say something about, uh, I think I have about the popularity of, of, of this gal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's great. Uh, you know, uh, Jennifer Stone's our guest here. We we only got about uh, nine minutes here, so we uh, so we can do this. Uh, for those of you who listen to our our, our show uh, on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to Ken's page, eighty nine point one Ken's FM page, like that on Facebook. Do a ten dollar month donor, uh, donation pile of the tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autographed picture of uh, past guests, current guests, or future guests. Now, Jennifer, I do believe that you uh, have either sent us some or you are sending us some. If I'm not yes, mistaken. I am. I, I am sending you some, so I do have some autographed pictures already to give you. So I just got to mail them out. All right. So see, see, she does like me a little bit. She didn't say, "Okay, if you stop calling me." <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out if you really have been calling me because I have so many calls. I just don't answer my phone. <laughs> well, I have. You end up having to look through pages and pages. <laughs> And pages of numbers, and then try to get those connected with uh, with Icon. That's uh, uh, that's time consuming. And, and, and Jennifer, here's proof that I have been trying to call you because your number, your phone number starts with one, and then there's an area code, and then there's uh, uh, seven more digits. So you know that's me calling you. Yeah, for sure. It sounds exactly correct. <laughs> So, and Jennifer, so far, and so we don't forget this year, we only got, uh, well, we got about eight minutes here left with you. If uh, our fans want to check out and see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, I'm never going to call, uh, like, Icon call me again. Paige, what do you got? Yeah, uh, so I have my, my Instagram is it's just real, Jennifer Michelle Stone. Um, you can find me on Instagram, you put in Jennifer Michelle Stone. Uh, my Facebook is Jen Stone. Um, and then TikTok at Horror Barbie. Um, so uh, you can find Google Jennifer Michelle Stone. You'll find all of my all all of my links. And then yeah, I got to ask you about Horror Barbie. Uh, what did you think yeah. of that movie? And uh, I think it was Miss Cat. They should have had you in there. I have not seen it. <laughs> so um, yeah, and then and then just that the horror Barbie thing is just something that has just been kind of hashtagged through the years, just from like interviews and different little bottling stuff that just kind of picked up. Um, but I actually haven't seen that movie. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, it was, it was very good. Uh, and, uh, what, what was the, uh, well, again, I'm guessing you haven't seen Barbie, but, uh, uh, I've heard about it and, uh, I've had, who plays Ken? What's the guy's name? I do know. Ryan Gosling. Exactly. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, right. Yeah, he actually I, he actually steals the he actually steals the movie. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, he does. He plays oh, he's Ken. A really great. Actor. Yeah. You know, uh, see, uh, Ken. That's why I figured you liked the movie because uh, they stole your name for the role, <laughs> Ken. 
<laughs> I get a lot of crap about that. They keep thinking there's a, a, a woman in my life someplace named Barbie, and there isn't. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you, you guys, I'll tell you what. Let me tell you this. Uh, now, Ken, don't take this the wrong way. Don't fire me. But uh, I'll tell you what. Ken is such a great guy, and he's a gentle giant. But I think in a wrestling match, he could probably take Ken. Well, the, the, the images that I see of Ken are like this kind of lanky, high school-looking, athletic, semi-type weenie. <laughs> uh, oh, that's, that's, what I, that's my impression of the, the Barbie Ken, the Ken of the Barbie and Ken. Well, hey, Ken, the way you, nothing like me. <laughs> well, Ken, the way you described that, when did I show you my yearbook picture? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you can see my, what is it? I, I, by the way. Uh, my graduation picture, I think, is up on Facebook someplace. It is. And, uh, uh, well, I'll tell you what, in the, in the picture you and that proves what I look like. <laughs> right. Uh, a, handsome, a handsome devil. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I think Jennifer would love to have you in her, uh, one of her next pictures. We know, we got about uh, five minutes here left before uh, Jennifer has to uh, uh, never talk to me again. But anyway, uh, uh, real quick here, uh, Jennifer, um, with all the with all these uh, projects that you going uh, got going on, like like Chick Chick Boom, it says it's supposed to release in uh, 2024. I'm I'm guessing you probably can't talk much about that because it, uh, there's not a release date yet. But of all the projects that you're doing right now, I uh, is there any that you're close to wrapping up, and are there any that you still have a long way to film on? Uh, well, Chick Chick Boom is actually pretty close to being wrapped up. It's just not. It's just going to be. We have like maybe just a couple little short things to to film on it, and then it'll just be all you know, editing and sound and all of that from then from from now. So I really only have a couple more things to film on that. Um, and then uh, I have uh, the the one coming up with Jason Horton. I'm just an, that I'm just an actress, and it's not my movie, um, but The Hard Place, and I'm pretty excited about that one. But that's not going to start until probably the end of the year. Um, but he's got a lot of great movies out. I think he has like 30 streaming right now. Uh, one called uh, The Craving is is out. Um, I didn't have anything to do with that one, but if you want to check out his work. Well, I'll tell you what, Jennifer, you are awesome. I'm glad that uh, you took time out of your schedule. Uh, and uh, as you know, we uh, booked you almost a year ago. So uh, I appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've been calling you. Those are your 192 phone calls. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Jen, you are awesome. I appreciate it. We'd love to have you back on again. And Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You are awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Y'all have a good night. All right. Jennifer Stone, ladies and gentlemen. And... Uh, it looks like our next guest is waiting wings, but we are going to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back after these messages, so stick with us and listen to the time. Ladies and gentlemen, the new blocks are here. The new blocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website, 
www.kenzfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kenzfm.com. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is our next guest. He's not going to hit the road, but his name is Randy Goat. Hi. Hold on. Where am I? My name is Randy Goat. Uh, you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Kent FM with your host, the icon, and Penn Zing, and also the modern nightmare, Matthias, and the big swing. How are you, buddy? Good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. All right. We have uh, Randy Goat as our guest here. It's good to be here. All right. We have, we have uh, Randy Goat as our guest here. We've got about uh, 30 minutes here. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and uh, I'll introduce you to uh, my co-host, uh, and then we'll do a roundtable. First off, uh, we want you to give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll have some fun with the interview. Go ahead. Uh, background, uh, well, in a nutshell, um, grew up in New England, born in Massachusetts, high school in Vermont, college in New Hampshire. Um, I kind of explored a little bit, and uh, I worked in uh, restaurants for 30 years, and I got to a point where I needed to, you know, follow more of my passion instead of just getting a paycheck, so... I uh, uh, went to college for graphic arts, and uh, here I am today, um, and I've been fortunate enough to uh, design uh, uh, work for uh, uh, films that have uh, uh, famous actors in them. Well, actors from my kind of generation, so ones don't really know about them today, but uh, Eric Roberts, uh, Julia Roberts' brother, uh, is one of them. Uh, Tom Sizemore, who recently passed away, and the uh, very well-known Daniel Baldwin for the the, uh, the TV web series uh, Angel Dust. That's awesome. Uh, Randy goes, I guess, here on 89.1 Kens FM. we got uh, plenty of time here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a few questions about some of the, the projects that you've done, and then I, I'm also going to ask you about some of the um, actors that you've worked with. Being a uh, graphic designer, I, uh, a little known fact here, I actually uh, went to uh, college my first uh, year uh, spent in college uh, to be uh, into graphic arts. When you uh, decided to uh, get into graphic arts, what was your main uh, passion? Was it uh, just designing or was it uh, wanting to run a printing press or wanting to do photography? What was your main source in graphic arts, graphic design? Well, the college I went to was a, a community uh, college in uh, Lakes Region, uh, Laconia, New Hampshire, um, and it was the only school in the northeastern region that actually taught all aspects of the graphic arts industry, and they actually taught the old school from, like, uh, typesetting, uh, laying out copy, camera, and some of those uh, those jobs are um, are gone today because of the the technology advance. Um, but uh, when I after college and I decided to first uh, down my career, um, I uh, decided actually a, a music industry, designing uh, music albums and things like that. And after 
I don't know, I guess, uh, semi-falling on my face in Seattle for three years for doing the design work for music. Um, I ended up in uh, California. One thing led to another, and uh, next thing you know, I'm designing for uh, for films. It, it started out doing, like, independent films, which most, most uh, of the general public don't really see unless they go to a film festival. Um, but... Uh, it got my foot in the door, and it got my it got me some more experience. And uh, after a while of doing it so long, I learned so much. Each time I, I grow uh, and become better, every time I do it, uh, and I was blessed to uh, uh, design some posters that have uh, some some famous actors in the films. Uh, Randy goes, our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. So we're going to do a little roundtable here. Uh, and then uh, we'll have to play our uh, top of the hour break, and then we'll come back, of course. But uh, first off, let's uh, introduce you to uh, Ken. Uh, he's our owner here on 89.1 Kids FM. Now, Ken, you, you uh, kind of love graphic design and uh, the way that, uh, uh, well, if you look around the studio here, there's a lot of stuff that's made graphically. So what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. Well, thanks for joining us this, uh, this evening. It's great to have you along. Um, first thing that pops into my mind with anything to do with graphic design nowadays is how, uh, what kind of attitude or feeling do you have with this huge influx of AI technology? Oh, yeah. uh, that sounds really scary. Yeah. Well, with me, um, I, don't, I don't know if that's directed toward me, but um, the only time I use the AI is uh, basically for mock-up and spec work um, to uh, to kind of, I guess, in a way, uh, I guess, prove myself worthy of uh, of the client uh, hiring me. Uh, okay. Um, but the... Well, yeah. So basically, the 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 work I do that 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 the spec work that uses AI, it doesn't really see the light of day in the general public. Only only the client sees it, and if the client likes it, then it gets scrapped, uh, thrown in the trash, and then I start over with uh, with genuine real uh, real photography, real real people, something that's not. Uh, Artificial, I guess is what you can well, say. I guess what uh, my my feeling is that uh, I you know I don't want to see AI take over uh, the oh, art yeah. of natural photography and the art of of natural uh, uh, you know design, and I see that yeah. happening. Um, you see uh, no, all yeah, of these yeah. little what is it? little reels and stuff like that that come up on your social media and a lot of that is AI and it's a little tough to uh, actually tell that okay this is computer generated this is not a real visual with a uh, a background behind him you know and that's scary yeah, to me yeah well, I, I, to me it's scary too because uh, um, it, it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like in Japan where, you, where where a human is being replaced by a robot. Bingo. Um, um, but anyway, uh, uh, as 
I think um, I think AI uh, on a national security level should be a big concern and, right. and definitely watched over with a careful eye. Um, however, um, in terms of the graphic arts industry, which is the second largest industry in the world, um, I think uh, AI. It's it's kind of like a, a good good and bad because uh, on one hand it, it saves the, the the designer like literally hours hours of painstaking tedious detailed work um, and uh, and to me that's I mean it, it it's it's okay but um, and then on the other hand uh, it uh, it it eventually could replace me as and and they'll hire the the AI instead of me. So uh, it's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. To me, uh, it it seems like there's a lot of parallels to be drawn with uh, the AI industry and a lot of things that has happened to other facets of uh, industry, including broadcast where, uh, you know, we started out with uh, DJs, we started out with records, uh, tapes, and uh, uh, microphones, and it was all real. Uh, the, the, when you listened to the radio, uh, you were actually hearing a person thousands of miles away at times uh, in a studio uh, broadcasting, and you could paint a picture of this guy and uh, yeah. whether it be real or not, but still, it was it was a real thing. You were actually listening to a real person. Yeah. Radio nowadays has yeah. gotten to the point where everything is automated. It's everything it's, is it's out of on this station. Uh, everything out of a computer. And yeah, uh, Icon is right. Uh, during our live shows, yes, we are live. It's actually people talking. But mm-hmm. the rest of the time, yeah, we are a victim of the computer generation. But uh, I see that all over, and it's just like, okay, how are we going to identify what's AI and what's real? That that's yeah, that's going to be a problem. Well, you know, I tell you what, this is going to be interesting. We're we're going to continue with that. Uh, now, uh, uh, Randy, I want to introduce you to my other co-host. He's uh, on my right here. Uh, it's uh, Scott Hand. He's a uh, independent film director, and uh, I, I think this is going to be a good discussion. Uh, we 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 have about uh, 20 minutes here left with you. But uh, Scott, what do you think of the AI? Yeah, I, I mean, Ken pretty much is nailing everything that I'm feeling because everything that I was going to talk about, Ken, you basically read my mind. Uh, I mean, it's definitely something that I just feel that, you know, is, is a threat right now. And I think it's something that I think all of us are worried about. I mean, you see the strikes that have been going on. I mean, the writers strike that went on for, what, four and a half months? And, uh, right. I mean, and SAG, after, after a strike, that's still going on, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a worry. Well, Scott, I know, I know you have a, I know you have a few, uh, you have a few questions here for our guests. So I'll let you ask them. But uh, when I, uh, when I give the signal, we, we need to take our top of the hour break. When that fires, we'll take a little break and we'll come back and we'll continue this conversation. But uh, uh, as an independent film director, uh, you love guys that do graphic design that can uh, bring, uh, um, uh, how would you say, uh, bring an image to your picture, right, Scott? 
Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I think we've already had a few people on the show, Scott, that when, you know, uh, I've been one for those, and we've had good conversations with uh, both of them. You know, in fact, I'm still, I'm actually still talking to both of them about the Black Ten. So, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, uh, I, I was looking, uh, Randy, on the, your, uh, the website there for, you know, Phoenix Effects Design. You know, so I see we have our logo already. Um, I see you do the logos and you do posters and book design. What, um, what exactly is local direct service? What, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Oh, that's for uh, my area and uh, Santa Barbara area, um, just locally, you know, um, that if, uh, if somebody, uh, you know, you because know, like some people want the, the person to be on site because of, uh, of legal issues or copyright or, or stuff like that. So I offer that service locally. So if, uh, if a client uh, says, hey, I need you, uh, my, my guy is out sick today and we have a deadline, could you come in and help us out? And I can literally pack up my stuff and then just drive over, set up shop there, and and it, it just kind of roll with it, uh, or shoot from the hip when I get there. I see. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm 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 gonna do uh, I'm gonna uh, do uh, like uh, uh, what my hero does. His name is Bill Time <laughs> until the uh, top of the hour break. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you, Randy, is. Uh, and I, I do want to have a little a good conversation on this. You got to work with Tom Sizemore, and yes, we we talked about that uh, at the beginning. But we did unfortunately lose Tom. I believe it was uh, uh, I think it's more like six months ago now. Is it? Mm-hmm. Somewhere on there, yeah. What? Uh, I didn't what really. Was he... Go ahead. Um, well, I didn't really like like physically like work with him like side by side like in person. Um, he was just actually in the film that I designed for. Um, the uh, there's a person in between uh, uh, Tom Sizemore and myself uh, that actually uh, I deal with when it came to uh, doing the artwork for the uh, for the poster. Oh, so you didn't get to meet uh, Tom personally then? No, 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 no. I uh, it would it would have been really nice because. Uh, uh, it's my generation. I grew up uh, watching his work, and I grew up. I grew up with the uh, the Baldwin's. I grew up with um, even when you were talking about uh, radio uh, before. I grew up with uh, Casey Kasem. Right. Uh, when I was in, yeah, when I was in high school, I used to listen to him all the time. I loved it because it was it was a real person, and he was always such a genuine uh, icon. Yes, Amer- America's Top 40, I believe it was America's Top 20, if I'm not mistaken, right? I can't remember yeah, if it was yeah. Top 40 or Top 20. Yeah. It was usually on the weekends when we heard Sundays. it. Sundays. Sundays, yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, speaking of Casey Kasem, I mean, I just watched a, a documentary uh, about Casey Kasem and how sad uh, it was. That, yeah. uh, his, how I banded, it was terrible. Uh, and if you yeah, guys have a chance to the documentary, it was, it was very sad. And uh, yeah. we, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, I'm just waiting for our uh, top of the hour uh, commercial uh, break to hit, and that's about in about 60 seconds. Here we go. Thing to 89.1, Ken's FM. We are listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our station is funded by our members and these local and area businesses. 
So you're hungry, and you're thinking about some place to eat? Well, I think of the Shack on Broadway, located in North Fargo at 3215 Broadway. They feature daily breakfast, lunch, and dinner specials and have been twice voted best breakfast in town. They are open at 6 a.m. every day until 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and until 2 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. They take care of all of your to-go needs as well, plus handling that quick meal before or after running to the lakes this summer. I'm thinking Shack on Broadway still. They're at 3215 Broadway in North Fargo. You're listening to 89.1 Kens FM, KNMV, Holly Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And now... All right, we are back here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we have uh, Randy's our guest here, and we have, uh, well, we have about uh, 50 minutes here with Randy before our next guest shows up. So now let's uh, continue this conversation. I- I'm actually glad that Ken brought this up. Uh, and, and, and you know, Scott, as a, as an independent film director, though, uh, AI might help out a little bit. Or would you do you prefer that you do everything live action? I yeah, you know, I'm so old school that I like doing it live action. You know, like we can like compare it to a lot of the CGI. I mean, what do you prefer more in your movie, CGI or prosthetic effects? You know, um, you know, the, you know, practical effects are always the way to go. I mean, one of the debates mm-hmm. that, you know, I was in just a few days ago with a group in my Facebook um, chat was about the thing, the John Carpenter movie versus the 2011 movie with all the CGI. Mm-hmm. And everybody hated all the CGI that was in that movie. And that's the reason, one of, well, it's one of the reasons why they prefer John Carpenter's movie way better. Um, I think if they had been going with more practical effects, I think it would, you know, it's it's just more organic, and I think it's the same thing that if you get away from, you know, using, you know, um, you know, real actors and real real action, you know, and you know, having, you know, you know, I mean, AI, you know, threatens even the writers, you know, because you know these programs will just write themselves, you know. So I mean, as a writer, I mean, that was my form of training, you know, when I went to film school years ago, was to be a screenwriter, and that's. You know, that's that's basically, you know, kind of in jeopardy these days. Mm. So, you know, it's always something. I yeah, mean, and it's even with composers, you know, even composers now. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, whenever whenever I do, like, my graphic design work, I like to use uh, Photoshop, and I like to use, like, really high-res photos. And um, when it comes to special effects, I, I, I really like to use um, more realistic uh, authentic photos over anything that's uh, like um, uh, AI or anything like that. Um, so it'll be like it'll be like 95% real photo and like 5% like you know just some graphics here and there just kind of add the effect. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like when when I used to go to the movies, you know, back you know in the uh, you know 70s and the 80s, you know, I mean, you had artists like. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think you still have Drew Struzan out there doing the original stuff, but Robert McGinnis was one. Bill Gold was another one. Um, you know, Dan Guzzi, you know, doing all the different artwork for the James Bond movies, you know, mostly the uh, the Roger Moore films. And I just, I always had a real, like, I, I just always liked that, that drawn look to it. You know what I mean? You know, I, I just, I always really felt that, that that really added something. I mean, my movie that I've gotten post-production right now, White Cane, I mean, it's the graphic designer that I used on that. He did a really super job and captures the feel really well, you know, with Photoshop and everything. But, you know, I think, like, you know, for doing, 
the black pen, you know, I'm, I'm trying to really go like more for like something like more like a Beetlejuice kind of look, I think, for the poster and all. You know, I get pretty controlling about my stuff because I, I, I have these things in my head for so long before I get to make them. And, um, you know, it's, you know, it's always the art, you know, and it's, you know, always the argument with the money versus the art, you know. But I'm really hoping that, you know, for the black tent we're going to be going with something, maybe even if it's a combination. But I, I would kind of get like to get a little more of that old school feel to it, you know. And I think that's something, you know, that I just think it's something that's lacking right now. And I think it's something that needs to kind of come back. Yeah, so Randy, I, I agree. I, I sorry, let me interrupt you. So, Randy, my I guess my question is then with with, him, with what the way that he said that and described that. Uh, now, you you have a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff to your credit. Uh, uh, for instance, Small World, Blood Circus. Uh, my favorite is Angel Dust. I'm just kind of curious when you got hired to do the. Uh, the design for Angel Dust, did they, like, say, okay, this is what we want and this we want you to design, or did they say, uh, okay, this is what it's about, uh, you have creative control? What, what is your main inspiration? Uh, do you give suggestions or do they, do they tell you? Usually uh, usually, uh, usually, my process, um, I, uh, 99.9% of the time, is uh, I use my, my imagination, which is, pretty vivid. I have a tension deficit disorder and it allows me to be really, really open and come up with some, some ideas that are just out of, out of the ballpark. And, uh, um, I, uh, I use that and I implement it into the design and I just come up with, uh, like three basic concepts and I'll submit them. And then nine times out of 10, the client's going to like, uh, I'll make a really good impression. They're gonna they're gonna say like, well, you're almost there, um, and uh, let's just uh, use poster A for a base and kind of tweak it. And uh, after that, it's kind of like a like a tennis game. It's just a little little back and forth, and the the less back and forth that uh, that I have with the client, the closer uh, the the design is to being finished. And 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 uh, it just kind of creates a, a life of its own. And if you can if you can answer this, I understand if you don't want to answer it. But is there ever a project that uh, you've done where uh, you design a thing and then you present it and they're like, "On, well, no, that's kind of like what we want, but we'd rather do this." Then you go back, redesign it, and you come back and say, "Well, it's a little more kind of on, but we need more of this." Uh, and then you like. After like redoing it like fifteen times, you're like, I am not this for you guys anymore. Yeah, well, there's uh, there's a, uh, a quote from uh, I think it's uh, Steve Jobs where he says, uh, uh, um, if you wanna if you wanna uh, be a leader, you can't make everyone happy. If you wanna make everyone happy, sell ice cream. Don't be a leader. <laughs> I, so, I love that. Uh, with, well, with that being said, the clients the clients I have now, um, after uh, uh, the clients uh, and I work together and get to know each other, there's a certain uh, kind of camaraderie, maybe a, a harmony, where we kind of understand uh, the way each other person thinks, and we're sort of like almost like one person. 
and the 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 creative energy goes back and forth really seamlessly um where we're kind of like uh i don't know i guess two baseball players on the field that make a double play um but uh you're a team but anyway uh well what i'm trying to say is that uh but there's there all there's there's always that that one client that that could be like a a mother-in-law a mother-in-law from hell where they they ask you to move a couch and you move the couch like a thousand times and the place that they liked the couch the best was the first time you moved it. Kind of like so, sounds like a uh, boss I used to have, not Ken either. Actually, yeah, yeah, I was just going like, to mention that. That seems to be a lot uh, uh, a lot of similarities to uh, uh, our job here in radio and production, that uh, you'll be cutting a spot for somebody, and uh, you'll do it 600 times, and the first yeah. time is the one that they take. Yeah. So uh, you can't, I mean, you can't make everyone happy. So, and I don't really sell ice cream. So, um, but I, I, I work hard and I, I do the best I can. And uh, uh, I think I got a pretty good record of, uh, of maybe 99 wins out of a hundred. So That's awesome. there's always, there's always, there's always going to be that, that one customer, that one customer, no matter what business you have, you just can't make them happy. So, um, but you can't, you have to shake it off. You can't let it get to you because um, uh, you can't let uh, them control your emotions because if they do that, then they control you and you don't, you're, you have no control over yourself. Well, there's a lot of truth in that as well. You can apply that to sales and everything. I mean, uh, uh, you know, if you go and try to make a sell, uh, to uh, sell an advertising or a sponsorship or something, it's the same thing. I mean, you uh, if you go in and the guy says no and kicks you out, uh, you know, for me, it's bad news because that'll, you know, trash me for the rest of the week. But uh, uh, you've got to be able to not let them control you like that, and that is something that I have a problem with, and I know that there's tons of people out there that are just like me. And uh, you know, having problems trying to uh, realize that uh, um, you know, if a client says no, he says no, you move on. And uh, yeah. a lot of times that's tough to do. So I understand you there. Uh, Randy Gozer, yeah. guess you're on eight and one. Can say we got about uh, five minutes here with our buddy here. So uh, we can, uh, so we, uh, so we don't forget to do this. Uh, if our fans want to check you out and see you and hire you and have you design stuff, uh, you got Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, or TikTok. What do you got? Uh, I have a. Uh, well, the main place is uh, my website, which is phoenixfxdesign.com, um, and uh, Facebook uh, designer for movies. Um, my name, uh, Randy Scott Goad, G-O-A-D. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. I like to keep things simple. Um, but anyway, uh, I uh, really appreciate that shout out. Oh, it's no, it's no problem. We're, we're, we're glad we, we got, well, like I say, don't go yet. We got about five minutes here of you. Cause, uh, you know, I'm uh, just kind of figure, uh, I, I got to ask, I understand if you don't want to answer this, but, uh, let's mm. say that, uh, uh, Ken uh, wanted you to uh, design a uh, poster for his radio station. What would that mm-hmm. uh, take? And uh, do you like charge by the hour? Do you charge by the uh, the uh, the design? 
what what is your your genre for uh, your means of incentive? Well, what I what I like to do is I like to put myself into the client's shoes. So I understand that um, like I'm self-employed, so I have I got rent and bills and expenses to pay just like everyone else. So um, and and so do they. So um, when it comes to like you know designing for like a radio station, I would ask them uh, the scope of the work, what exactly. Uh, design elements do they want, a point of sale, uh, banners, are they doing an event uh, where they have a tent and they're out in the public kind of thing, or is it just a, a social media kind of thing or a poster? Uh, and then uh, I would uh, ask them what their budget is, and uh, a lot of times they don't really want to, you know, bounce out numbers. So I just try to, like, work within their budget so that, um, I, I maintain being affordability to them, and it's a win-win for for uh, for the both of us. What do you think, Ken? Maybe we could hire him. I'm thinking of that already. <laughs> uh, where were you? Where were you when we were putting together our uh, our Halloween fundraising event? Because uh, we needed every single thing that you offer uh, to put this uh, event together. Uh, maybe next year we'll be able to. Uh, hook up with you, and uh, we can get some uh, killer marketing going. Hey, Ken, here's the good news. I have his phone number. He gave it to me. <laughs> Don't call at 2 yeah, in the morning. Uh, when, it, when it comes to a uh, phone number, uh, make sure to send me a text or an email because I screen my calls. I uh, I really don't like those uh, those sales uh, robo robot calls oh, that, that people get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those yeah. are the most so, awful um, things. So if you okay, that's do that, that's why I'm doing what two guys in a row that aren't answering my calls because they want me to text them first. Well, yeah, but one <laughs> one more one more thing though. Uh, if you're into like uh, if you're into like a horror movie uh, poster design, uh, if you look at my website and you go to uh, portfolio and you look under key art, which is movie posters, the first one you'll see will be Angel Dust, and the one after that should be a uh, uh, a vampire-type movie poster called Blood Troop. And that is, um, in, 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 the horror, in the horror genre, that's one of my favorite designs that I created. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, we so got about... Uh, if, you look we got, it, if you look at it, you'll, you'll see what I mean. I see. Uh, we, we got about uh, two minutes here with uh, Mr. Goat uh, here. And uh, I'll tell you what, Randy, you have been just an awesome guy, and, uh, you know, I'm glad that you were able to take time out of your schedule uh, to join us because uh, and you, I, I hope you don't uh, hate this comparison, but you are the Bob Ross of movie poster designing. You are. Well, I uh, really appreciate that. It, it's a, a, lot of, a lot of years, over a decade of commitment and discipline to uh, become at this level. And I know uh, I'm not the greatest. I know there's a lot of competition out there, um, and uh, and a lot of a lot of the competition I actually admire and respect their work. Um, however, I'm just trying to do my best to be the best I can and 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 uh, and focus more on the art of uh, film and filmmaking, and which includes the uh, the uh, the promotion part, the the posters and stuff. It's all it's all one big art thing, and, and I don't want to lose sight of the, the creative 
aspect of filmmaking. And uh, I'll tell you what, we got about uh, 30 seconds here, Randy. As a matter of fact, uh, I know, Scott, uh, maybe uh, eventually with uh, some of the ideas I have, we can uh, hire uh, Randy in the future, and uh, we can all uh, we can uh, make this all work together as one cohesive unit. That is my goal. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I, always, yeah. I always like the network. I'm available. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, it looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings, so we're going to take another quick timeout, and then we'll be back with our next guest. So uh, stick with us after these messages, and we will be right back. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the man that has been in all over the map, whether it be with NBC, Fox Sports, FF, FSN North, he has been all over the map. He is like the king of radio and television when it comes to production. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our next guest at this time. He is Tom Pearson. Hey, hey, hey. This is me, Tom Pearson. You're listening to Attitude Era Monday, live Monday, 89.1, Ken's FM, with your host, the icon, the pet zing, also the big swing, the modern nightmare, Matthias. And don't forget, who are we not going to forget? Ken. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was the uh, Tom, good. Hey, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Pearson's our guest here on eighty nine point one Kids FM, and uh, well, we got uh, plenty of time here with Tom. We got uh, thirty five minutes. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me and we'll ask you the tougher questions. Uh, but uh, first off, give us a little background about yourself, though. First, well, I've um, been around a long time. I started off uh, in L.A. I um, Worked the Hollywood scene, you know, like a bunch of kids in the 70s, and ended up getting uh, a gig working for local TV sports. And we were producing the Kings and the um, and the Lakers at that time. Uh, Jack Kent Cook owned them. And one thing led to another, and uh, 1980 came around. The Olympics were coming up, and I got a chance to go with NBC to the Olympics. And then that was canceled, um, and we were hired on NBC. So I spent the next 11 years doing learning my craft of um, video and production at NBC Studios uh, on some of the biggest shows that, you know, Tonight Show, Wheel of Fortune, Concentration, you name it, I was standing there on it. And uh, I guess, Tom, you got to admit that this is the biggest show you've been on. It is. It is. I've been standing by. I've been nervous for a week, uh, you know. <laughs> They're all big shows. They're all big shows. One thing I do want to ask you about, uh, you, uh, you've been affiliated with uh, Fox Sports North and uh, Valley Sports. Uh, when, did you, uh, when were you with them, and uh, when did you exit uh, that genre? 
Um, well, I, you know, television production, you're in and out of your whole life. I worked in, like I said, television sports early. I then worked in at MSC in Minneapolis, which became Fox Sports North, doing the local basketball production and uh, Timberwolves and the Vikings and the Twins and such. And about every 10 years, you've just had enough of every weekend, holiday, and night, and you throw your arms in the air and you give up for a while. And so that's what I kind of did, and I took some time off and started doing video production and focusing on that more, and then ended up moving down to Dallas and, uh, you know, continued it down here. So you uh, you decided to leave the frozen north, as they say, and go to the uh, uh, frozen, uh, what is that, uh, how, where, uh, Dallas, that is what? North, uh, north, north, it's north Texas. Yeah, north Texas. Yeah, but it's only frozen uh, for like four days. It's not frozen for <laughs> six months, which which was a, a huge, huge factor. And so I was working with Valleys down here and um, doing their local pre- and post-game shows, you know, for the all the local talents. And uh, right in the middle of the whole thing, you know, they've had their financial issues. And we right. all got bankruptcy notices. And so we kind of went, eh, you know what, uh, time for me to retire. So I just kind of threw my hands in the air again and said, I'm done playing your game. And um, kind of settled back there. Right now I'm in my studio in Dallas, you know, sitting here editing a piece that I shot in Greece last year. So, you know, it's all good. You just move on. I think, I think the moving on process, part of what keeps you creative, because I know sitting there doing the same show, and, you know, I did this a lot in television, do the same show over and over and over. And, and and even though they're all fabulous, creative geniuses standing on their own, um, it gets to become a, a chip, you know, particularly nowadays when we set up our equipment with a, a, a chip. And and so I, I don't know, the edge of it kind of went away and, and such. So maybe, you know, you get bored and you want to do something different. At least I do. One thing I do got to ask you, are you more loyal to Minnesota sports teams or are you more uh, loyal to Dallas sports teams? Wow, this is probably going to hit a lot of people weird. Um, you know, <clears throat> when you work in a... You did one sport, hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, you're... how about you, Cowboys? Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> how about you, Cowboys? Yeah, when you work in a business, you kind of lose the fandom. And, and so I really... Um, you know, I kind of follow whoever's got some uh, Cinderella story going right now. And I think, you know, because it is all a business and everybody, if it's not a business, then none of us are employed. Um, and you got to look at who's hot. And I, I think right now that what's it, the, the Kansas City, the Chiefs with their uh, newest uh, star um, is going to sell a lot of jerseys and going to make a lot of money for everybody. So, you know, I'm kind of for whoever's hot to keep the industry going because, we're losing, you know, we're losing a lot of paid jobs. Like your last interview with AI, you know, my last film I did, we did do some AI in it, but old school stuff, just, it was space scenes. So we were, you know, generating something we didn't have availability for. So, um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the idea. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, there is there is one clip I want to play for you. I want to ask you if you, uh, if you were around for this. I'm going to play this a quick little uh, minute, 45-second uh, uh, clip, and then uh, we'll 
uh, do a round table, then we'll uh, come back and ask several questions. But I want to see if you were around for this, you remember this. Vikings at their own 39, it's third down. Three receivers right, field, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Dick. Stay up, oh, 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 my God! Oh, my God! Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I was no, there. Uh, no, no bones about it. Viking games were high-energy rock shows. You know, from the minute the fog hit the, the corner when they were coming out, you know, we were doing things with the sound systems and video boards. And, I mean, it's a big-time show. And those things are fun. And they're fun you to know, do. It's, you know, I, and I, it's amazing, though. It's amazing though how Paul Allen really brings the uh, energy to the the broadcast. I, I love Paul Allen. I'm good friends with Paul Allen, and uh, not that I'm bragging or anything, but uh, I'll tell you what, man, uh, I'll never forget that night. And uh, you know, of course, uh, being a Vikings fan, I don't know if you were here for Bounty Gate or not in 2009, uh, but uh, I think we've uh, got a revenge over the. St. Paul Saints many times over since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like I was, uh, I was more of an old school McCombs guy, but uh, it it it's fun, you know, because it is it goes back and forth, and you know, and any year could be a year. I mean, realistically, uh, you know, and they are they're fun shows. Do I say do I miss them? I think I miss the camaraderie of all the guys and the crews and all that, and. And, you know, there always was a certain thing about standing out in the middle of the field, you know, before the show, making sure everything's just right and ready to go. And, uh, you know, it it was fun. It was fun. I'm I'm glad I'm not doing it now. But. And I'm, I'm definitely going to ask you a little bit more about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to introduce you, uh, my first co-host, uh, uh, and Scott, I'll have you uh, take this. i got to uh, step away for a second. But uh, Scott Hand is uh, my uh, co-host. He's sitting to my right here. Uh, what do you have for our guest, uh, Mr. Pearson? Go ahead. Hi, Tom. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you got a lot of experience. Um, I'm an independent filmmaker, and I just got yeah. my first film. Um, it's a werewolf movie. Like, what, you know, do you, what do you know about distribution? Like, what do you know about that that you could share? Well, I tell you, Werewolf Funny, my film was about a Bigfoot, so we had the same appliances and makeup, everything else. I, I feel your pain. Um, distribution sucks from the word go. Um, when I finished Foot or Hunting Bigfoot, we had talked to some people at Warner Brothers, and then everything just kind of closed up. And it, it, it sat on a shelf for about three and a half years. And then we just wow. we went on Amazon and we got it on Amazon, you know, pay per view during COVID. Yeah. And that was that's a good option for independence, but I'll tell you mm-hmm. this, nobody wants to pay two ninety nine for anything. Mm-hmm. There's too much click next, click next, click next. And uh and so it was very hard. I mean, we made a little bit on it on Amazon Prime and we're still making money in Europe from time to time. Um, but one of the things we're looking at and we've done now is we've added it to YouTube for a free view. And um, 
you know, YouTube, if you can get something to hit, um, you're going to do your own promotion on it. But we started linking to all the other pages that are looking at Bigfoots and this and that. And, and I'm not getting into the, you know, the whole genre. Are they real? Are they not? I don't really care. You know, I mean, they're real in my movie. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> you know, I, mean, it was, I can tell you a funny story doing the movie, though. We talk about real. We were uh, filming gorilla style, so to speak, pun intended. And um, we were in the woods in outside in a little town outside of Minneapolis called Orono. And they have this uh, nature preserve, and we've got this thing where there's two big, there's a, a, a actor Bigfoot in a Bigfoot costume who gets seen by a real lady Bigfoot who kidnaps him and as her man. So anyway, they're in the, we're getting ready in between scenes to do it, and two ladies come walking down with big, like furry mountain dogs in the woods, and they see the two actors in full Bigfoot makeup. Didn't see the film crew standing around, but they look at me like, oh, my blankety-blank, those blankety-blanks are real. And they go running out of the woods with the dogs with their tails between their legs. We just about died laughing. You know, we, of course, we had, yeah, we had to send the PAs off to tell them everything was all right. We didn't need the police showing up because we weren't permitted at the time. So... <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. So, uh, back to distribution. It, you know, it's the hardest thing in the world. I think if you don't it, 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 studio work, having been involved with it, it's cookie cutter. It's the best. Yeah. It's the last guy doing the same thing with the same people in a different costume. And like with your AI thing, now they, you know, want. It, 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 you know, it started with Shrek. You know, when they can take a skin with an Adobe program and lay that skin over any shape, you know, the guys with the dots on the black costumes, um, they can put anybody's face on anybody's movement. So it's and, – and then they're not paying anybody. And pretty soon, you know, exactly. it's like the checkouts. Pretty soon, you know, if nobody's working, nobody's buying your stuff. You know, I hate to quote an old guy, but Henry Ford, you know, I want every one of my people to be able to afford one of my cars. And yeah. we'd be a whole lot better off if we maybe thought about that a little bit, I think. I don't know. You know, I don't yeah. know. It's I a new world. I buy from Amazon. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I know. I do, too. But, yeah, distribution is always kind of, a, you know, that's like an interesting thing, you know. Because when I took my film training and all, we're talking like, you know, 25 to 30 years ago, and it was, like you just said, a different world back in those days. Yeah, you know? it was. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, back then, you know, you you know, you were still dealing with 35 millimeter film. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't digital like it is now. You know? Right, right. You know, you know, the thing of it is, you know, that I find interesting is the film print. You know, nowadays it's not the big gigantic 35 millimeter reels. It's just the standard like HDD drive. You know, that's yeah. that's basically. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. When we were shooting it, they were on compact flash drives, and you know, and and we're we're loading those into terabyte servers at the end of the night, and you know, so but yeah, yes. it, it, yeah, it it adds up, but yeah, it, but and it is, you know, when it first started off, the drives were, I think on one one of my high def cameras, uh, the drive was like eighteen hundred dollars, and, and it was good for thirty two minutes. And, and, you know, and, and, of course, now it's down, you know, way, just, uh, way down to almost a USB chip. But, 
it's still it's so much cheaper than film. I mean, it's unbelievable, mm-hmm. you know. But then again, on the other side of the coin, you get directors that go, oh, let's just do one more take. They weren't thinking about how much film do I have in the can? You know, what's it going to cost to develop it? Do we need this take? You know, now it's just do another one, do another one. I've been involved in some films where the director would do 40, 50, 60 takes. And it's like, that's when it gets ridiculous. You know, yeah, that that always gets, you know. Yeah, I had, uh, I had one actress on YK and, and, uh, you know, we would get it. Uh, her first take was never it was never good. And then sometimes she would nail it on the second or third take, and she'd she'd want to go to another. And it was like she would get hooked on takes. And it was like by the time I got to take five, I'm like, honey, we've got it. Don't worry, we've got to move on. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you have to keep no, a firm no doubt. on these people. You know, uh, uh, Scott, that would be probably be a good thing when you uh, direct me. You're like, okay, now icon. We're on the set now, and I'm sick of doing 30 takes with you. Uh, can we get this done in two? <laughs> You're going to get maybe possibly five. That's all. All right. <laughs> you got to nail it in that time. We have to move on. My, uh, Tom we'll Pierce is our guest. Get it uh, Tom Pearson, I'll get you. We got about uh, 25 minutes here with Tom. Uh, well, I'll let you guys. Uh, you guys are having some fun, so I'll let you go ahead and continue. And I'll answer my uh, ask some more of my questions. Go ahead, guys. Yeah. So we were we, we were talking about. I think we were in the middle of talking about the uh, the difference between the 35 millimeter print and the HDD drives, and you were talking about the flash drives, and we had a time yeah. on light tank as well. Yeah. You know, it's 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 it, when we did put like the, the drives are so expensive, we dumped everything directly into a terabyte server right on the set. But, you know, nowadays you want to keep backup copies. We're running, you know, a lot of times two drives. You're running one in the camera, and then you've got a director monitor up to the side that's recording two more. And, you know, and then by the time we get it into edit, you've got so many choices. If you're not, if, you know, if, if you're not keeping track of time there, it gets expensive. And, I mean, it's just there's so many other places to spend money with it. Exactly. And another thing of it is, too, you know, you have to always allocate enough time at the end of the day for the shooting to, or at least in the morning the next day, to go and organize the files. Because if you don't do that, you can imagine, I mean, you may have been there, you know how hectic that can be. So, oh, then it's you're unbelievable. You know, when, when we were shooting foot, it was 5 a.m. in the morning, you'd be up getting the craft services warm. Because uh, we had the whole crew showing up, we shot out at like a compound ranch in Minnesota, and um, and then you'd be shooting all day long, breaking actors. I mean, then you'd get done at the end of the day, you'd be dumping files, looking at dailies, drinking too much wine. You know, two o'clock in the morning, you sleep three hours, back up doing it again. You know, we did this for fourteen days straight, and it's just like you have to take two weeks off afterwards to just come down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one thing I was going to ask you, Tom, uh, you know, you yeah. mentioned the dailies. Uh, when you're, uh, when you're uh, and, and Scott, this will be a question for you as well. When you guys are, are, are doing your pictures and making your films, you know, everybody talks about dailies where basically you, re, you review the stuff that you shot from the previous day. Let me ask you both this. By the time that you're done filming and you listen to dailies, are you guys sick of your own film by this time? No, nah, I don't get sick of the film nah. until I'm encoding at the end of edit a year later. And then it's usually one yeah. sound effect. I can't stand to the point 
Like there's yeah. one sound effect being used by everybody right now of a crow that goes, ah, ah, you'll all hear it. It's the same one. We've all used it. I used it in foot, and I, every time I hear that, I go, ah. But, no, the film yeah, itself, oh, you've right. got to take some time off. Do you know where that, you know where that sound effect uh, came from, guys? Uh, mine's from a sound effects file. Yeah, mine's from a sound effects, Hollywood effects sound effects. They probably all well, use actually, the same one. Actually, it came from my ex-mother-in-law. Tom Pearson, I guess you're on 89.1 Kids FM. We're also joined with the greatest uh, independent film director I know and uh, everybody else will know here in the state of uh, North Dakota by, by the time we're done here is Scott Hand. One thing I do want to ask you, Tom, when you were uh, when you were up here in the frozen north, as we call it, you know I'm I'm here in Fargo, North Dakota, where the station is, and you know in Fargo and Minnesota we have four seasons: winter, flood, road construction, and football. Now, when you were uh, when when you were up here, and as you know, uh, as a bike, uh, well, as a Viking fan too, but as a Minnesota sports fan, yeah. uh, you know the trials and tribulations and heartbreak that our teams have put us through. Over the years, we know this. Oh yeah, and you got to, oh, you got yeah. to experience some of that. But I was going to ask you, uh, with uh, the uh, we're not going to talk about the Vikings right now because they're what are they one and four? They're out of it. They're done. They're tanking it so they can get a draft pick. But we already know this. But uh, how do you feel about uh, the Twins and their playoff run right now? Well, you know, I, I, I a little bit torn. I had a bit of a tumultuous relationship with the Twins because I was a Metropolitan Sports Facilities employee, and you know they had their issue getting their stadiums in those days. But, but you know, I'm I'm rooting for them. I really am rooting for them. Um, it's you know it's time. It's time. Bring a little sparkle to the city. And uh, I'm also curious. Uh, uh, this is actually coming from a fan of our chat room. Are you? No, actually, not are you. Were you a close personal friend of Sid Hartman? Oh, that's got to be somebody that <laughs> knows me. Oh, yeah, I knew Sid. We had all sorts of stuff. We used to love to tease Sid. He was so fun. He'd come up and hang out by our control booth and just, like, stick his nose in and, and you know, try to try to get a scoop. You know, you know the time when everybody thought that, that we were that we were putting fake crowd effects into the PA in the Metrodome. Um, yep. That was all. A, that was all a lark. We knew that Sid was poking his nose around, so we at the soundboard put stickers that says crowd effects, and then put pink noise into the channel so that the faders were making all sorts of bouncy noises. And Sid sneaks in and he goes, oh. I know those blankety blanks were doing something. He's back with the photographer, and it was in the trip the next day that we were jacking up this sound. And so at that point, it was everything we could do to make Sid look, you know, different. No, I, <laughs> he was an icon. Yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a poor Sid Hartman impression. I'm going to do it now. Did he ever tell you, his name's Harry on the show. We'll get you a nice and <laughs> You're right. It's a, that's a great Sid Hartman. That's a great. That's a great one. You know, it's, it's fun. I think you know we're we're losing icons like that too. You know, you had the Harry Carey and you know the, 
just I, I think we need more more stars in the business for people to want to come and and see what we do because it's getting so delineated now. You know, I'll, I'll sit here when I'm in a block and you know flip through 300 channels, what Springsteen 200 channels, nothing on, and we've got more opportunity to get independent stuff out there. But gosh, have you seen the stuff on Netflix? I mean, they don't even follow basic film school principles. I just exactly. I don't know. You know, I, and I don't. I don't want to turn this little thing about uh, uh, Sid Hartman. But since you know Sid, I'm going to I'm going to give you a Sid Hartman story. Uh, he was actually here uh, for the 11th annual Roger Maris Golf Tournament when uh, uh, Bobby Knight was here. And as I'm sure he told you about him and uh, Bobby Knight, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh and, yeah. Oh yeah. And I and I go up and I ask Sid Hartman a question. And Sid Hartman says, "Boy, you look like a second guesser." And I'm like. What? What are, you, what? what are you talking about? And then uh, he's he's just he's just hammering me. And then uh, you know who came to save me from Sid Hartman? Hmm. Frank Quillacy. <laughs> that that's now you that's now it. you know how old I am. Oh, well, well, like I said, I know Sid Hartman. That's how old I am. <laughs> yeah, I was at the Metrodome. <laughs> I was at now, the Metrodome, know, so. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. You know, there's been there's been stories over the years about the Metro. Let, let's talk a little bit about this. And I, I'm I'm sure that, Scott, I'm sure this is uh, probably really riveting radio for you. But uh, I, I, I do want to talk to Tom about this. You know, there was a, a, a story several years ago about how uh, they would, uh, you know, you talked about crowd noise, but there would also there was also a story about a guy that said that he would pump up the air conditioning to have balls go over the wall uh, for a home run. Did you hear about that one? Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. I mean, is yeah. that not the biggest, and, uh, bogus thing you've ever heard of in your life? Uh, I'm going to tell you it's absolutely true. Really? I, and I'm, I'm not saying, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying hearsay. I'm saying firsthand. Um, if you notice at the Metrodome, they had little air vents, and there's 22 fans. Typically, they ran three to six of them. Um, but there's little air vents behind home plate, and there's big holes out in the outfield that are air intakes. And when the Twins were at bat, they would crank up the fans between the uh, lower and upper deck and turn on the receivers out in the outfield, and they would generate about a three-mile-an-hour wind to the outfield. And then when the uh, opposition came up, they turned them around. If you remember looking at the cameras of the old blue background, you see those big round holes where Casey sat. Those, those yep. were the air intakes right there. And yes, that I mean, you know, this pro sports. I can tell you, all of football, baseball, they're all doing everything they can to get that fan. And so, you know, they're all doing stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, that definitely happened. I mean, I I I know the guy that did it. So, um, what, what, what yeah. were your um what, when when you were here with uh, in uh, uh, in Minneapolis? Uh, what, you were here from when to when? I was there from 1991, and I actually still have a home in Minnetonka. We winter in Texas, and we summer at our home in Minnetonka. All right, so uh, maybe I could uh, maybe I could uh, come see you. Now, here's a, here's an interesting thing. Now, everybody's probably wondering, well, 
you guys are a wrestling show. What does this have to do with wrestling? Well, I'm going to, here's where the clincher is. Vern Gagne used to own a, a lake place on Lake Minnetonka that was taken uh, by public domain from, uh, from Vern Gagne. Did you know about that? No, I didn't. I did not. And I've been around Waisetta in Minnetonka since 91. And uh, so no, they, now, they kept that here, quiet. Yeah, so were you here before the World Series or after? After. After. I, I started at, yeah, I started at the Metrodome when Kirby Puckett, when my second day there was when Kirby Puckett announced he would be retiring because of the eye surgery. You know, you, and, know, how, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I cried my eyes out that day. Kirby was my hero. If anybody uh, can look up. Good, good guy. Yeah, in baseball, Kirby Puckett was my guy. And, and I'm not yeah. just saying that because he was a Swiss fan. I mean, but he was an all-around good guy. I only had uh, three heroes in baseball. Uh, Kirby Puckett was one. Uh, Roger Maris was two. And Zach Penfrey was three. There you go. All, all good ones. All good ones. And what, one thing I do got to add, so you were here from 91 and you said you left when? Um, I left the Metrodome in, I want to think, about 2006, 2007, and then worked directly for the Vikings for three years. I left the year before. That was my first year out. But I had a lot of folks that were there when that happened. And I know what caused that as well. So Snow? Um, well, no. I mean, it was rated for snow load. What it wasn't rated for was um, the snow melt facility that they would do there is they pump the room temperature up to 102, 103 degrees. And they'd melt the snow off of the roof and it'd go down the drains and into the Mississippi. Well, that was a super cold weekend. And when they were trying to melt the three feet of snow off, it was running to the drains. The drains froze and, you know, like an ice dam and started backing up the water. So they sent crews from one of the, uh, like, dolphin, you know, rental, crew rental people up on the roof with shovels to shovel the snow down to get it off the roof. And one of the guys with the crew hit a corner of the Teflon and slid it, and the water started shifted at that point that was below the snow, ran to the center, and it all went center point and split the rip of, of the roof. So that was kind of a – that's more weather-related. They were doing the best they could, but, you know, unfortunate circumstances. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, that guy uh, was a Saints fan from the year before, Bounty Gate. <laughs> yeah, I believe he was. I believe he was, yeah. Yeah. He's retired you know, down there now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Tom Pearson's our guest here. we got about uh, eight minutes here. Uh, you know, I'm kind of enjoying this uh, about uh, many uh, Minnesota sports. I'm sure this is uh, riveting for those that are listening around the world, but uh, for the, the local fans <laughs> here know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, you know, like in 98, uh, when Randy Moss was a rookie, that was painful, but that was our fault. 2008, however, was where we got screwed by this New Orleans Saints in Bounty Gate. Yep. And I will take that to my grave to this day. I mean, you know, Vikings have had history of uh, getting screwed uh, like uh, – 
this last weekend against Kansas City was one. Uh, of course, uh, Bounty Gate comes to mind, and also, uh, I'm sure you've heard of it, uh, the great push-up by Drew Pearson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's all, the, the refs have always been in charge of the game a little too much, I think. You know, I don't know. Just There's so many questionable calls near the end of a game, scene. Maybe just the intensity's up. I don't know. Well, you know, I uh, uh, big swing. You know, uh, I know he's listening, and I'm sure that as soon as I start running down the Dallas Cowboys, uh, he's going to play these little stupid little sounders other ways to play. But uh, you know, uh, Dallas and Minnesota have had a great history, and of course, you know, it started with the Hail Mary. And uh, you know, of course, if you're a Dallas fan, you're you're down there. You'll know they'll say that Drew Pearson never pushed off, and of course, Viking fans yeah. say that he did. Uh, you know, what, um, oh my God, who the hell cares? Okay. Now that's, <laughs> now, now that was big, that was big, sw- that was big swing. That's listening and playing that. Okay. Because that like I said, he, that was brilliant. He, he's a Dallas, <laughs> he's a Dallas fan, but you know, um, let me ask you this. You know, you see, you see, you see, you're still somewhere in uh, Lake Minnetonka, so you probably shouldn't have told me that because I'm going to try and find you. Uh, I'm going to, like, uh, uh, do, like, a documentary with uh, Scott Hand here, finding Tom Pearson at Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll come up. I'm sure it'll come up. So, and by all means, you know. <laughs> so, uh, when you uh, – when, when you uh, come at vacation uh, back here, uh, well, I guess you still have a house here, you said. Uh, let me ask you yeah. this. What is your uh, exit time and return time? Well, I came back to Dallas uh, about two and a half weeks ago. I'm going back to Minneapolis Friday for two weeks or through the end of October. And then um, I'm coming back down to Dallas through November and probably through March. All right. You know, it's like I, uh, you know, like I told Scott, uh, Scott Hand, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, Scott, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because you had asked me a little bit about Fargo. I, if you remember, I told you uh, we have uh, we have four seasons here, winter, flood, yep. road construction, and football. Yep, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Tom Pearson, I guess, we got about uh, four, uh, four minutes here left with Tom. So we don't forget this, Tom. Uh, if our fans want to check out and see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? Well, we got, well our uh, website is hollywood-sounds.com. Uh, YouTube is Big Picture Films, Inc., and the movie is Hunting Bigfoot, H-U-N-T-I-N. Bigfoot. It's a romantic comedy. Um, it's free, and uh, it, you, might, you might have some surprise. Ben Utek from the uh, Colts is one of the lead actors in the movie. So we got a Super Bowl champion in the movie as well. So, but yeah, that's, those are kind of the ones. We don't really do the Twitter. We're not Elon fans, uh, but you know, they can find, find that's us there. Awesome. That is that is really cool. Uh, so, uh, like I said, we got uh, we got a few minutes here left with you. But no, I, I'll tell you what, Tom. When you um, uh, and uh, uh, of course uh, we've uh, we've talked about this on a few uh, by, with a few other guests. You actually uh, were nice enough to give me your phone number. I'll understand if you're going to change it now. 
But um, <laughs> I, I would like to, uh, when uh, me and my wife are in the cities uh, uh, this uh, summer, we usually uh, uh, do our uh, yearly uh, anniversary uh, trip uh, to the cities around uh like state fair time, uh, Renaissance fair time. You know, we usually take in a Twins game or whatever. But I would like to uh, maybe, uh, uh, if you're around, I could uh, text you. Maybe we could ha- uh, hang out and uh, just uh, compare notes. Give me a text anytime. Yeah, yeah. You know, any of these other industry, entertainment industry deep dives you ever want to get into, you got my number. Call me up. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm game. And we. And we we definitely do. Uh, we definitely do want to have you back on again because uh, you've been awesome, and uh, we got about uh, two minutes here left with you. And I know this may uh, sound uh, interesting, but we'll we'll see what you think about it. For those of you who listen to our Facebook page, uh, for those of you who listen to our radio show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, like that. Do a, a like our eighty nine point one Kansas FM page, like that. Do a ten dollar month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph uh, picture from Kansas. Past guests, current guests, future guests. Uh, now, Tom, I, I don't know what you have, like, uh, for autograph's sake, but, like, uh, maybe, like, a business card or something. Would you be willing to send a few autographs for giveaways? Yeah, so he called something in. I'd get something. I can get something printed up. Maybe something, one of the director photos from Bigfoot. That would be awesome. I would uh, definitely love uh, love that. And then the next time you're on, we'll talk about we'll talk a little more about Bigfoot. Yeah, it'd be great. Well, like I said, we're doing a big push trying to get our views and likes up. You know, with we get we have tons of views, but people don't like to subscribe. And but unfortunately, right. that's the only way we get paid. So you know, it's gonna. That's one of those things we get. If people realize we're not we're tracking them, but we're not tracking them. So you know, and uh, life you in know, the new real, digital world. Real, real quick, entertaining thing about uh, Bigfoot. If you ever go on YouTube, <laughs> type in "angry grandma" and Bigfoot. She's still trying to find Bigfoot. The, 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 her, her, uh, her, her YouTube videos are hilarious. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some funny ones. I, like I said, I joined so many of the different groups. And there, there's a guy back in North Carolina, C. Wayne Wilson, that has never shown a photograph that wasn't an absolute blur. And he's got 3 million followers. I mean, it's just absolutely hysterical, and he takes pictures of all of his steaks he get he gets from Walmart. So it's um, you know, and he's he's doing it to it. So you know, there's hope for all of us. Yeah, well, you know, he he actually learned that from me because uh, I have uh, pictures of me and a thousand celebrities, and uh, for some reason, I'm always in the clear, and the celebrities blurred out. <laughs> That's AI for you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Tom. Thank you very much. We love you, man. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate you. Thank you. I'll see you next time. Bye bye. All right, bye. All right, uh, Scott. We got about uh, four minutes here before our um, before our uh, theme song uh, hits. Uh, Will you be able? uh, We have time to be with us next week. You think? Yes. Yes, I can be here. Yes. And do you think we can make this a regular thing? Because I think you're. I think you're having fun. Uh, uh, You can actually realize how much. Well. I, maybe I shouldn't say that because you're like you're probably thinking after you hang up the phone you're probably thinking, geez, I'm actually going to have this guy in my movie. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you and I have talked about this. And, uh, yeah, I think we can do and, this. Uh, yeah. 
And uh, for those of you who do listen to our show on a regular basis, you know I usually don't uh, talk about uh, who we're going to have on the show because, uh, you know, like a wrestling uh, match, you know, a card is subject to change. But uh, we have a couple interesting uh, guests coming up uh, next year. And I know it's a ways away, but uh, in, uh, we're actually booked from now until the end of 2024. Uh, our April 1st episode is going to be very interesting, and uh, hopefully, Scott, you'll be able to join us. Uh, we're going to have Michael Gandolfini, uh, this James Gandolfini's son, with us. Uh, we're going to have uh, Al, Pac- Al Pacino's mom, Catherine Pacino, is going to be on with us, his stepmom. And we're also going to have Jessica Heenan. Uh, Bobby the Brain, he and Star, all in one show on April 1st. Now, you're probably, everybody's probably thinking, oh, he's talking about April Fool's Day. No, that, they're all booked and they're all confirmed. So uh, that's going to be a great show. Hopefully you'll be able to join us on that one. And uh, one, thing is, uh, we gotta, yeah, one thing we got a few more minutes here before we uh, sign off here. Uh, when, are, when are we planning on uh, doing production for uh, uh, Black Kent? Have we, have we set a time We're yet? Lo- yeah, we're looking at middle, mid-March. We're looking at mid-March. Mid-March? And mm-hmm. uh, do we know uh, where, uh, where it's going to be mostly filmed at? We're still working on that kind of thing. Um, we're still working on um, the business plan, and we're still working with the brands because um, we have a few right. brands uh, that, are, that have joined for the production. So until Craig Atkinson and I have all those things buttoned up, which – we figure we will have them buttoned up probably by around Thanksgiving or so, maybe by 1st of December, be able to give you a better idea. Perfect. And then, uh, well, you'll be on as a co-host, so you'll be able to update on it uh, every week. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yep. you know, and then uh, after, uh, you know, I, I come and I wow everybody on the set, and uh, it was like going, geez, uh, Scott hired this guy. He hired the icon. Now we're all going to be millionaires, you know. Uh, and then um, so, uh, you know, this guy, you can say, no, no, I'm not paying you guys in, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Chuck E. Cheese tokens, where this is actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we, we got about a minute. We got about a minute here. So uh, uh, for those of you who want to know who we got uh, coming on next week, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, you will see uh, the list uh, usually drops on Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, we got about a minute here before our theme song hits. Uh, but remember, uh, it's not goodbye, it's just good night. And uh, join us every Monday night here on 89.110 FM from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Center Time. And uh, love each other, care for each other, and uh, be joining us every week from now until, well, whenever, I guess, because uh, the show's not going away. Uh, and we love being here on Ken's FM, and uh, the main thing is we want to start uh, making him some money. So everybody show up to the remote on uh, October 28th at Rick's Bar, and uh, I guarantee if you want an autograph from me, I will go ahead and uh, I'll sign autographs. I'll sign anything you want me to, and I won't even charge. Just donate to Ken's FM. So until then, until next week, like I say every week, uh, it's not goodbye. It's just good night. Until next week. Uh, we'll see you then, and we are out of here. You think you know me? Good night, Eddie.
I go in.